Welcome to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast, a source for riding and training insights with the goal of helping your horse be a light, happy, and willing partner. I'm your host, Amalia Dempsey, a mainstream equestrian rider who discovered natural horsemanship and equine learning theory, and now I help riders like you achieve connection and communication with your horse so you can have more fun and fulfillment whilst prioritizing the partnership. Get more learning resources, including my free connection and communication mini course at AmaliaDempsey.com. Click the follow button so you don't miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave me a rating and review or screenshot this episode and share on social media. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk about how you can start off on the right path with your new horse. Now, no, I don't have a new horse myself, but this is one of the most common questions that I get asked and is one of the reasons why many people contact me for lessons or for help with their horse because they've got a new horse and maybe their relationship or their riding or their communication isn't going to plan. They're starting to have a few problems or they've got a new horse and they're just, before they even start, they're kind of worried about making mistakes and they want to make sure that they're getting off on the right path to begin with. Now, I kind of feel a bit funny saying the right path, like right in quotations, because is there really a right path? You know, like I think that there's no right or wrong at the end of the day. Like we're all just trying to do our best for the horse in front of us. Um, But by right path, I mean, I can give you some of the things that I think is going to really help you develop that relationship that you so desire with your horse and put you off um, to a good start for whatever you want to do with your horse, whether that's trail riding, competition, just riding at home, or if you just genuinely want to hang out with your horse and and just have fun at home, that's totally fine as well. Um, but there's certainly some things that I recommend that people do when they have a new horse to really uh, kickstart that relationship and get off on the quote-unquote right path. Now this question of how can I start off on the right path with my new horse, it's a beautiful question. I love it but it also sometimes represents this inner fear of making mistakes with their new horse and let me tell you if you have a horse in general, new horse or current horse, you're going to make mistakes. Like that is just a part of the journey. So try not to let this fear of making mistakes stop you from moving forward with the relationship with your horse. Um, It's a beautiful question. Like how can I do things right with my horse? But just know that you're probably not going to get it right all the time. And that is okay. That is a part of the learning journey. And luckily horses are very forgiving. What I also love about this question of how can I start off on the right path with my new horse is that it's not, it's often not until we get a new horse or a young horse or a green horse that we start to ask ourselves these questions like, how can I best introduce this? What sort of groundwork should I do to prepare my horse for riding? How can I build a bond and a relationship with my horse? And we seem to ask ourselves these questions with a new horse compared to, say, an existing horse or a horse that we're familiar with because we kind of, to some extent, expect that that horse already knows what to do or is already comfortable with with what we're asking. But it's not until you have more of a blank canvas, so to speak, that you start to think, 
hmm, like what is the best way of going about this? And I have to say that is one of the reasons why I dived so heavily into horsemanship in the first place is because I had two young horses that were one-year-olds that literally had hardly any life experience in terms of um, what we do with domestic horses. And instead of just, you know, expecting them to cope because I had already fallen in love with these horses, I wanted them to have a really positive experience. So I started to question everything I was doing, you know, even when the farrier came out for the first time, I was like, what do I need to do to best prepare my horses for their first farrier visit? And, you know, I only had a short amount of time because horses need to be trimmed every six weeks or so um, to prepare them for that. So the learning, it was a very rapid learning curve and I had lots of questioning and curiosity that was going on because I so wanted these horses to have a really good experience for their first impressions of a lot of different things that we do with our horses in the horse world. I remember even like, how do I put boots on them? I didn't know really what was the best approach to putting boots on them for the first time. Like all of these simple things that we take for granted with a horse that's already kind of educated or is comfortable with things. Once you get a new horse, a green horse, or a horse that you just don't know their history, you start to question these things and it's great because it leads you to more learning. Okay, so let's begin and think about when we first pick that new horse up, right? It can be a little nerve-wracking because, first of all, you don't even know how the horse is going to go on the float uh, or the trailer or a horse box or whatever you call it, wherever you're from. And we don't really have the responsibility of preparing the horse for that unless the previous owner can help us with that or allows us to do some um, trailer loading practice before we pick the horse up. But if you're not comfortable with that, I would recommend you use a professional horse transport to do that for you, or you take another horse with you that can be kind of a buddy for the new horse, just to make it as pleasant experience as possible. And when you think about it, you are about to completely tip this horse's life on its head, so to speak, as in you're going to completely change the horse's environment, their friends, their humans, everything that they know about their life is about to be changed. So it's going to be a stressful experience. And because they're horses, we can't explain to them that they're moving home, you know? So it can be It can be really stressful for a horse. Change is stressful for horses. So it's really important that we are thinking from the horse's perspective in this situation. It's understandable that there's going to be a period of time where the horse is unsettled because they everything is now unfamiliar so we need to give the horse a bit of a grace period so to speak we allow them to settle into their new environment without adding extra kind of stresses so you know I know a lot of people do like to carry on with the horse's usual routine as in if they're already in work so to speak under saddle um, they might carry on riding with the new location But my preference is to allow that horse to settle in for a few weeks or even up to a month or more before you start doing more serious, consistent kind of work. 
because I really feel we owe it to the horse to help them feel calm, relaxed and happy in their new environment before we go adding potentially the extra stress of learning new things. Now, that doesn't mean we don't do anything with them. I'll talk more about that in a moment. But my first priority is to help that horse feel calm, happy and settled in their new environment. So how do we do that? We first need to be thinking about the horse's most basic needs, which I feel like I harp on about, but it still needs to be said. The three Fs, freedom, forage, and friends. Every horse in the world deserves to have this, right? I think it's their right to have friends, forage, and freedom. Of course, there are restrictions in terms of some horses with metabolic conditions or Um, you know, perhaps they don't have a suitable horse companion or, you know, there's lots of exceptions, of course, but to the best of our ability, we really need to be providing our horses with the three Fs to ensure their mental and physical and emotional health and happiness. So make sure that they have plenty of freedom to move around. So it's my preference to have horses in as large a paddock as possible. And as a general rule, they should be able to pick up a gallop within that space, right? Because, you know, they're designed to move. They're designed to move for a lot of the day. And yes, they might not gallop the whole day. They might they probably spend most of their time just walking or standing still, but horses love to stretch their legs and play. And that's important for their safety as well, because I feel that horses feel safer when they have the ability to flee from something. So if they have enough room to gallop, they can remove themselves from a scary situation, say, or a perceived scary situation. Like, you know, there might be a kangaroo that jumps into the paddock if you're in Australia um, or, you know, some other creature or critter that they might be scared of. And I feel like for their own safety, they need to feel that they have the ability to flee. So that's a part of that freedom as well. They need to have friends. So initially you might just keep the horse in their own paddock where they can see and perhaps touch other horses to begin with rather than just throwing them into a herd straight away in their new environment. Um, There's sort of many different ways you could approach that but eventually in their new environment it would be great if they could be in a herd situation where they have at least one or two other horse buddies that they can be with, that they can do mutual grooming with, they can hang out with. Um, That's a part of their basic needs as well. And I find that the happiest horses are those horses that are with other horses or kept with other horses. And, And you can really see the difference in horses who don't have this you can sort of sense a, a depression in them. Um, not all, of course. And, you know, sometimes we have to make compromises where they can just at least see other horses or touch them over the fence. But I find that horses are the happiest when they're with other horses. And that's, after all, what they are designed to be. They are herd animals. And the last F is forage. So they need 24-7 access to forage where they can graze and eat for as long and with as much as they like. Uh, Again, that's their grazing animals. That's what they're designed to do. Again, there's exceptions, but do the best you can with the horse that you have. And if you can provide the three Fs to your horse in their new environment with you, then you're really going to start off that horse's mental, physical, and emotional health and happiness on the right path or the best possible path you can um, to kickstart their new life with you. 
once I know that the horse is, I'm giving the horse those three F's in their new environment and they're settling in over um, a few weeks to a month or more, um, the next thing I like to think about is the relationship. And in fact, you can start working on this right from the start when they arrive on the property. So if you have done my free connection and communication mini course, you would have heard me speak about this. If you haven't signed up for that, you can easily do so at ameliadempsey.com and just click on start here. And if you click on start here, you'll find uh, links to all of my free resources that I offer. um, And you can sign up for the free connection and communication mini course there. And within that course, I do go over this concept, but I'll give you a little taste of it now. So you may have heard of it before. It's the relationship bank account. So you want to think about your relationship with your horse like a bank account. And like bank accounts, you can make deposits and withdrawals. Now, every time you do something with your horse that your horse perceives as like neutral or positive, so something Uh, desirable, you're depositing into that relationship bank account. But every time you do something that the horse might perceive as negative or undesirable, you are taking withdrawals out of that relationship bank account. So let's use some examples. And of course, we want our bank account to be in the pluses, not in the minuses. And you also need to have, you need to build up a lot of um, uh, money, so to speak, in your relationship bank account so that you have enough that you can withdraw some, withdraw from at times because you will need to for things in a domestic horse's life that are undesirable, which I'll talk about in a moment. But let's first talk about the positive things. So, or the neutral things. So neutral, remember, neutral or positive things for the horse, you're going to be adding money to that relationship bank account. So the first one is just undemanding time. Can you just spend time with your horse where you're doing absolutely nothing, where you're just hanging out and sharing space? This is one of the most overlooked things when it comes to spending time with your horse. And I get it because new horse, you want to get out there and start riding and doing fun stuff. But I promise you, just spending some time doing absolutely nothing with your horse is going to be well-invested time, even if you do want to go out and eventually ride and, and do all the fun stuff. I'm all about that, guys. I love doing that, but I also know that undemanding time is so good for our relationship bank account with our horse, and it's good for us too, because if you're one of those people like me who likes to go fast, who likes to do fun stuff, we need to slow down more than anyone else, right? Um, and you'd be surprised It's just, even if you just spend five minutes every time you are with your horse, doing nothing, just being, slowing down and and really feeling what it's like to be in your horse's presence, it's just, it's going to make a lot of difference to your relationship. And we've all got five minutes. There's that saying something like, if you don't have 10 minutes to meditate, then you need to do it for an hour. Um, (laughs) And it's so true because those of us who feel so rushed, we're the ones that need to slow down the most. And five minutes is nothing. It's really not much. We would spend, you know, easily five minutes, probably up to an hour or more, just scrolling mindlessly on Instagram or TikTok or whatever your chosen social media platform is. Why do we think we don't have time for five minutes without new horse? Like, come on. And you can even make a bit of a ritual of it. Maybe 
every time you go see your horse, before you catch them, you spend five minutes with them. And those five minutes you're depositing into that relationship bank account. So that's kind of a neutral relationship bank account deposit because it's not really... I mean, it could be seen as a positive experience by the horse, but you're not actually giving them anything desirable um, in spending undemanding time with your horse. You're just not uh, asking them to do anything, so to speak. You're just being with them, which is what horses do with their buddies in the herd, right? Most of the time they just hang out with them. But if you want to kind of speed up that relationship bank account, uh, the growth of that relationship bank account, you can start to add positive things to your horse's life. Now, this is naturally going to happen if you're the one doing the feeding of your horse anyway, because your horse will start to associate you with their food. So if you give your horse a hard feed, like I give my horses a vitamin and mineral pellet, otherwise they just have um, 24-7 access to forage. So I just supplement with that vitamin and mineral pellet, but they love that pellet. So, you know, They love seeing me in the mornings because I bring them something good, right? So if you're doing the feeding, that's great, but you might also like to just greet your horse with gifts. You might just like to, every time you see your horse, give them a small treat so that they start to have that positive association with you. Or when you catch your horse, you might take them um, out to an area where there's better grass for them to graze on. So they start to associate you with, oh, wow, when my human gets here, my new human human gets here, um, she takes me to the best grass. Like, how good is that? Again, another deposit into that relationship bank account. Perhaps you can come up with your own ideas and work out what your new horse likes kind of like when you get to know a new person, you're going to find out what are their likes and dislikes. This is a part of the relationship building process with your horse. Another thing you might like to do to build that relationship bank account is mutual grooming. Now, a lot of horses have not done this with a human before, but basically it's where you try and find their itchy spots um, where, and you know, some horses don't even like to be scratched, but you'll find that out about your new horse. Um, try and find their itchy spots. I find that it's usually areas where horses can't reach themselves. Uh, That's usually where they like being itched because they never really get that spot scratched, so to speak. Um, Yeah, so you you can try and find their itchy spots and some horses... When they realize you're getting their itchy spots, they they might offer scratching back, which is, I, I just love that moment because I'm like, oh, they're trying to do something back for me. That's so nice. I don't know. It's just gives me those um, good vibe kind of feelings. And it's really nice with a new horse because it just feels like you're just starting to get that connection that it's sort of like, um, you know, if you're dating someone, it's like that first kiss. <laughs> Um, it's not quite the same, obviously, but it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like those, those first moments where you're making that connection with another being. The next thing to consider with your new horse, really, really important. So now you've, you've given your horse a good environment. They've got the three F's. You've started to work on your relationship. So your, your horse has a positive feeling about you. Now it's time to start thinking about your groundwork. And I'm saying, I'm explaining this in a very sequential way, but in reality, it all kind of happens together, right? Like, because you, you're going to have to interact with your horse for various things, you know, like they might be ready for the, for the farrier week one when they're home, when they're at their new home. So you kind of already have to incorporate a little bit of groundwork to get that done. 
or maybe you have to move them in and out different paddocks so you've got some leading there so you're working on your leading groundwork during that time um so yeah it, it just I'm explaining it sequentially but it doesn't just know that it doesn't really happen like that you're kind of always working on these things to start off with but let's talk about what is the essential groundwork for your new horse now even with a horse who is educated so let's say I got a I saw an ad for an FEI schoolmaster the other day and I was kind of tempted because if you know me you know that one of my goals is to ride Grand Prix dressage one day um and I was like oh that would be a good way to kind of learn the ropes and then I went through it in my head and I'm like if I got a schoolmaster, I would still go back and check those fundamentals. Like I would still go back and um, and check that that's there. And even if it is there with the previous owner, the horse kind of needs to learn how I am and how I interact and how and what my cues are and how my energy is. So it's always a good idea to go back to those fundamentals, even with a horse that is educated in a specific discipline. Um, or even a horse that has done a lot of horsemanship stuff or a lot of groundwork, you still need to go over that with you. Don't make assumptions that it's just all there because it might not be. And the other thing to mention here is that horses do change in new environments. Like, have you ever, you've probably heard this story before, like, oh, the horse was, I'm, I think the horse was drugged when I looked at it because, or it, him, her, um, because when, you know, when I got the horse home, they completely changed. Um, they're a completely different horse. And sure, there are cases where people do do the wrong thing and sedate a horse for sale, which um, is wrong on many levels in my opinion. Um, but a lot of the time it's because the horse is changing environments. Their whole world has been, what they knew before has been changed completely they have a new human who might have different rules, different boundaries, different communication. So it's very confusing. And as a result, a lot of conflict and problem behaviors might appear. So it's not always that the previous owner has done the dodgy or the wrong thing or sedated them when you looked at them. Um, I think it's first and foremost good to look at ourselves and go, hmm, how have I caused this? Is it something I'm doing? And also be thinking from the horse's perspective and give them some slack. Like this is a huge life changing thing that the horse has gone through. So it's going to take some time to get things where they're where they're flowing and it it feels good and you're able to enjoy that horse, especially if you haven't had a lot of other horses and this is maybe your first time going through or it's been a long time since you've had a new horse so you don't really know what to expect. Anyway let's go over some of the groundwork that I would recommend people go over with a new horse and of course this links back to the horsemanship fundamentals that I so often talk about of connection, confidence and communication but how do you actually get those. So I talk about my eight step training blueprint. Now these are not, uh, it's not really the eight steps, but you can adapt to the individual horse in front of you within those eight steps. And even though I say eight steps, it's really like there's, you know, lots of mini steps within those eight steps. So let me talk about the, uh, I'll give you a summary of those eight steps. Okay. So first of all, you want to make sure that you are in a good place with your mindset 
and that you understand the key concepts of training plus you're working on that relationship which I've already spoken about. So in order for us to be successful with horses, we need to really understand them as a species, understand important training concepts and theories, understand what motivates them, adopt the right mindset that allows us to make continual progress, and we need to have an energy about us that makes horses want to be with us. So if you don't really know how training a horse works, what motivates horses, um, how to get really light cues, how to even train specific cues, what is valuable to a horse, what they're looking for in a relationship, then these are things you really need to know and understand before you even start your groundwork because otherwise you're not going to know why you're doing what you're doing. And by the way, these eight steps happen to be the eight modules in my Horsemanship Fundamentals Academy, but I'm just going to give you a little bit of an overview now. So the first step, and in module one, we talk about understanding those key concepts, your mindset, and relationship building. Step two is everyday things done with excellence. Now, I put this in step two because... Whilst we're kind of jumping into things, that's what happens when you get a new horse. We can't just stop leading our horses around. Like we've got to lead our horse from point A to point B. We've got to get the farrier out. We might need to, you know, we're feeding them every day. We need to tie them up for certain things. So these are things that I address first up because they're practical things. We can't just park them to the side because they're probably happening on a daily basis. But the way you do everything matters to horses. They are always learning. So the way you do the little everyday moments makes a huge difference to your horse's overall impression of you. So in particular, the way you catch, lead, tie and feed your horse can either make or break your your relationship with your horse. So let's get that started off good and have a good first impression and kind of lay the... Um, I don't want to say lay the ground rules, but but you sort of want to show your horse, this is what I'm going to be about. Like these are my kind of expectations. And this is really good for safety reasons as well. Like we need to make sure that we're consistent with our boundaries and the way we handle our horses on a daily basis so that all of a sudden down the track, if we say, oh, actually you're not allowed to do that anymore, they're going to be even more confused. Now, often when you set these everyday things right from the start, then often those little problems just don't appear because you're already addressing them in the really small moments. So I often say things like fix problems when they're a one out of 10 before they become a 10 out of 10. Well, a lot of those one out of 10 problems show up with things like the way you catch, lead, tie and feed your horse. Step three is building confidence and relaxation. Horses are naturally skeptical and afraid of things And that's what's kept them alive as a species for so long. It's our responsibility to help them go from fearful to curious to confident with us, our tools, their equipment, and their environment. So personally, I use a variety of techniques to help horses build confidence and relaxation in different situations and with different objects. And different horses might need different things and respond better to certain techniques over others. So go over all of those techniques in module three of HFA. I think I also did an episode earlier on building confidence and relaxation in horses where I go over some of those techniques. So you can always go back and listen to that podcast episode also. But it's really important for new horses to start to feel confident and relaxed in their environment. So you might walk them around the new property and let them investigate and and really 
get a sense of this new place that they're in. You might be using different equipment, different tack. So it's important that you help them feel confident and relaxed with those things. And also with you, your movements, your energy might be different to their previous humans. So you want them to feel confident and relaxed around you as well. Step four is movement from light touch. So this is where we really get into more specific groundwork. So horses need to understand how to move away from light touch or light pressure in order to be ridden under saddle successfully. After all, we want them to respond lightly and happily in response to our rein and seat or leg aids. And this starts by teaching them how to move from light touch cues on the ground. So I go through a series of different movements to teach them to move away from light touch. And I really like teaching horses this because this sort of light touch, this light pressure is inevitable in their lives, you know, especially if they're going to be a ridden horse or really even if they're not going to be a ridden horse, because at some point, you know, the vet's probably going to come out, the farrier's going to come out, we might need to worm them. Like there's all of these things which moving away from light touch or learning how to respond to light touch and light pressure is going to serve that horse really well. Now I say light touch, but a lot of horses may have learned to push into or push through pressure with the previous owner or the previous situation. So we might have to use a slightly heavier or firmer touch to begin with, with a positive intention, of course, um, to eventually teach them how to move from that light touch. So I'm talking here specifically about forecorder yields, hindcorder yields. Can they laterally flex left and right? Can they do a wraparound? Can they lower their head? Can you pick up their feet? These are all movement movements from light touch that I would want to do with that new horse. Then we progress to movement from subtle body language in step five or module five of HFA. And helping our horses understand our body language helps them feel safe around us as they know they can read us and rely on our cues for direction. It also allows us to be able to communicate to our horses at a distance, which is really handy for things like circling, um, putting your horse on the float, or if you want to go on to do things like liberty. So this movement from subtle body language is the next thing I like to teach and is kind of a prerequisite for doing things like circling, which is kind of essential for a lot of the things that we do with horses, especially again, if they're going to be a riding horse. So with movement from subtle body language, we go through a series of different exercises to help the horse understand our subtle body language and energy and cues um, that we would like to use to communicate to them to move certain parts of their body. And the first time I saw this, I was, I was just amazed. So I had already been riding for a long time and in competitive disciplines with some success before I had even seen this in action and before I even knew it was possible. And the first time that I really went, wow, I can't believe that was when I saw one of my now Um, now she's one of my best friends and not involved in horses anymore, but she, um, backed her horse up from subtle body language from, she was probably like a couple, she was probably about a meter away from her horse actually, but she physically did not even touch her horse and her horse backed up so lightly, politely and happily away from her. And it was like invisible magic to me. I was just shocked. I know other people aren't impressed by this, but I had been using like a lot of rain pressure on the bit to get my own horses to do that. And I just saw this person do it without touching the horse at all. 
And I thought, what is this sorcery? I must know how to do it. And I also thought, well, if it's possible to do it without physically touching them, then it's absolutely has to be possible with the lightest pressure to say um, a bit or a noseband if you're riding like in a bitless bridle. And then I started to think, well, how can we have all these strong bits and things for horses who quote unquote have strong mouths when this is possible, backing a horse up without physically touching them? So that, that you can imagine that kickstarted a lot of questioning and curiosity in myself and what I had been doing for so long. But just know that it is absolutely possible to communicate with your horse with subtle body language. They are masters at picking up movement and energy. So it's, it's really cool to incorporate that in your groundwork training. Step six is circling with partnership and circling your horse around you is a practical task for a variety of purposes, exercising your horse, teaching them to navigate obstacles like jumps or tarps or bridges or whatever, building to different patterns and teaching them things like transitions and stretching um, or going onto a float or a pedestal. It's an essential functional task. However, it can cause confusion and frustration if the horse and human if they haven't had the right preparation and the right ingredients aren't in place. And personally, I remember I just never used to lunge or circle my horses because I was bad at it. (laughs) I just used to just hop on because I was like, even if the horse, you know, because traditionally in kind of mainstream circles, people lunge their horses to wear them out a little bit. And that was a strategy that I used to think, you know, could work. But it didn't work for me because I couldn't keep my horses on a circle around me, which is embarrassing a little bit to say now, but it's just because I didn't know how to teach the horse how to circle. I, again, I just assumed that horses know how to lunge, that you just attach a lunge line to their bridle and pop some side reins on, which I don't do now, um, and just send them out and off they go. But there is a much better way of doing it. There is a much smoother calmer and clearer way of teaching your horse to circle around you where you both are really clear on what you're communicating in that moment. It's not just like send them out and go as fast as you can. It's, there's, it's a lot more logical. Um, and the way I teach it is just, oh, it's just, it just makes sense to me. It makes sense to the horse. It makes sense to the human. And so it's a lot less stressful. Step seven is riding preparation. So you've completed all the previous steps and now you're starting to think about riding with your new horse. And we'll talk about timeframes in a moment, but this, you know, this could happen within a month. It could happen within six months or 12 months. It really just depends on your situation, your horse, how confident you are, etc. But you really want to make sure that you have the previous groundwork in place. You've got a good relationship with your horse now. Like you've, you've really got a lot of deposits in that relationship bank account. You can start to think about riding preparation. So there are things that I like to tick off before I even think about swinging a leg over and mounting my horse. I want to make sure that my horse is totally relaxed and responsive. And I also like to help my horses with the saddling, bridling and mounting process so it becomes something that they look forward to rather than try and avoid. Um, So we've all seen horses that refuse, like they're like a giraffe when you go to put the bridle on or they don't stand still at the mounting block or, you know, they're really girthy and don't like, maybe they move around when you put the saddle on. These are all things that I would want to address and make sure they're really good and actually things that the horse likes and looks forward to before I think about riding them. 
because for me, if these things are not good, they're kind of red flags for riding. If the things that you do before you even ride are not good, then what makes you think the riding is going to go well? And when I say horse is totally relaxed and responsive, this is a bit of a subjective opinion. So as in, I might be comfortable to ride a horse that is not 100% relaxed if I know that some of the ridden work is going to help them relax. However, with a new horse, I want to make sure that horse is as relaxed and responsive as possible before I hop on because that's going to really set up your ride for success. And if you get out there and you're like, yep, today's the day I'm going to ride my new horse and you go through your groundwork and your riding preparation and they're not relaxed and responsive, that is okay. You do not have to ride that day. There's always another day. You can, and perhaps you go through the same sequence the next day and they're a lot better. And then that's the day that you actually ride. That's all good. So don't rush this process. You really want to make sure that your first rides with your new horse are really positive experiences. And if you rush it just to get it done for the, get it done for the gram, get that photo, um, then you're not doing it for the right reasons. And um, like I said, tomorrow is another day. So take your time with this process. Then step eight is actually riding them. So module eight in HFA is riding in harmony. There are fundamental basic body control aids that I teach horses as a foundation to build everything else from. Without these basic aids, nothing else really works well. It's essential that the horse has clarity over these things before moving on to more advanced purposes like dressage, jumping, and even trail riding. And it's important that these basic body control aids are really clear at the slower gates, like halt and walk, um, first before you move on to faster gates. So just because you're sitting on your new horse for the first time doesn't mean you need to walk, trot and canter straight away. You might just hop on, do a couple of basic body control yields, the horse is relaxed and you hop off and call it a day. Like that would still be a successful first ride with your new horse. And I'm not saying that's what you have to do. If you and the horse are confident and relaxed to go ahead, walk, trot, can it, that's totally fine. But I'm saying that you don't have to do that if you're not ready. Personally, I think it's really important as well to be able to ride the horse on a loose rein comfortably where you're both not wanting to go faster or slower, especially the horse not wanting to go faster or slower as in relying on the reins to to control the speed at all times uh, comfortably before you move on to riding with contact however a lot of horses are used to being ridden with contact um, all the time and you might want to for the sake of familiarity and not completely changing your horse's expectations of riding you might actually start riding them with contact to begin with and start to pepper in some of this loose rein work um, to help build that clarity and better connection down the track. Uh, I just say this because if your horse is already familiar with riding in a certain way and you just go completely changing that, that is another thing that you're changing in their life that they already thought was supposed to be one certain way. So you might just ease into riding with a loose rein if it's going to be more comfortable for you and your horse. So they are the eight overall steps. So I've included some groundwork and some riding within that. Uh, But they're the things that I would work through with a new horse. That's what I work through in my HFA 
Horsemanship Fundamentals Academy online program. That is generally what I will take a new student through if they contact me for lessons. And it generally takes anywhere from, you know, 16 to 20 lessons to really learn all of those things. But I believe it really does set up horse and rider for a great start in their relationship, in their riding together, in whatever they want to do together, because it's it's really clear. It's um, It covers everything that you and the horse will need to do to go forwards in whichever discipline or whatever you want to do with your horse going forwards. Now, I think back to all the different horses that I've had in my life And with every single one of them, it has taken a long time to build a good relationship with them. I think I'm definitely getting better at it the more knowledge and experience I get. Of course, there's always room for improvement and I'm certainly not perfect in any way. But I still think regardless of your level of experience and knowledge, it does take a long time to build a relationship with a horse. Kind of like humans, right? We don't expect that we meet someone and marry them the next week. It takes a long time to build up these good relationships. Of course, we are different species, but it's still kind of a good analogy because we don't have those expectations with humans. Sure, we um, might hit it off straight away with certain personality types, and that can happen with certain horses, uh, horse-human combinations as well. But I feel that it takes at least six to 12 months to really get to know that horse and for you guys to really start to gel. And that's with consistent exposure to each other, whether that's um, groundwork riding, uh, hanging out, like you've got to go through some experiences together to really start to form that relationship with that horse. And remember, there is absolutely no rush to go out and compete and go to riding club or go to the forest. You can take your time. And I promise that slowing down to begin with will help you speed up later. Because if you rush the process and cause negative experiences or put your horse through a lot of stress, you're going to be taking massive withdrawals out of that relationship bank account. And perhaps your horse might form a bit of a negative opinion of you or their new home. So go slow to begin with. Take as long as you feel that you and the horse need before you start uh, taking more steps towards those situations where you might be taking withdrawals out. Try not to make assumptions about what the horse already knows. Sure, they might have known that particular thing with the previous owner, but they don't with you. It's a different experience. It's a new context. So try not to assume that they just know stuff and that they're not doing it because they don't like you or whatever reason you've come up with. So uh, really slow down to speed up later and take your time, spend lots of undemanding time with your horse, make sure you do your groundwork, make sure you're giving your horse the three F's and I believe that will really help you start off on the right path with your new horse. I hope this episode has helped you. Maybe you've got a new horse yourself and you've got a few new ideas on what you can do to start your relationship with your horse on the right path. And if you're interested in HFA Horsemanship Fundamentals Academy, currently in August, September, 
of 2023, it's closed for enrollment, but you can join the waitlist for the next enrollment, which is likely happening in October. Um, so head on over to AmaliaDempsey.com and click on Academy. I will also put a link in the show notes to this episode so you can go to the information page straight away and check that out. Um, and if you know someone who has a new horse, please share this episode with them so that they can also hear what is going to help them kickstart a good relationship with their new horse. And if you love this episode, as always, I love hearing from you. So please reach out to me on Instagram at Amalia underscore horses. Maybe take a screenshot of this episode and share on your stories. I love hearing from you and I'm really grateful for everyone that shares the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. So thank you so much for listening again today and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. Make sure you hit the follow button so you get notified every time a new episode is released. And if you've learned even just one small thing from today's show, I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts or screenshot this episode and share it on social media. You can connect with me on Instagram at Amalia underscore horses or my website AmaliaDempsey.com where you can find free resources to help you on your horsemanship journey. That's all for today. Thanks for being here. Remember to train with kindness and ride with excellence and I'll see you in the next episode.